Hello and welcome to From the Middle Road, a podcast documenting the stories and events of the small community of Doobie Road, who somehow have been able to avoid technological advancement, yet still watch the news every morning. From the Middle Road is sponsored by Balzac's Coffee Shop. If you like coffee, pastries, and people watching, Balzac's is where you want to be. From the Middle Road is also sponsored by Literary Works Canada. They asked us not to read an ad. Good morning from the Middle Road. I'm your host, Jeff Farbrooks, and it is a wonderful summer day to sit in the middle of the road and watch cars go by. Today I'm joined by a wonderful guest, retired farmer, Hank. Farmers never retire, Jeff. Well, Just remember that. Well, good morning to you too, Hank. And how are you? I'm fairly well, Hank. Thanks for asking. This is my new happy place, so I couldn't be a better, actually. Your happy place? My happy place, yes. What the hell is your happy place? Well, um... It's a space where you feel like nothing can go wrong. Your happy place is sitting in the middle of the road at 4 a.m. sipping coffee. Well, if you put it that way... If I put it that way, I can think of several things that can go wrong right now in your happy place. Um, okay, name them then. Well, for starters, Carney is always running out of her house there. So? She's gonna hit us, Jeff. Who would be dumb enough to drive in the middle of the road? Carney. Carney'd be dumb enough. Hey, Connie. Connie, try not to hit us, eh? She can't hear you. Why not? She's deaf in one ear. That would have been better to know before she got in the car. Well, just let move out of the damn way. (sighs) Hopefully she doesn't hit Gary's mailbox. I know. I just moved here, but are mornings usually like this? Usually they're louder. Louder? Yep. Something already needs whacking, fixing. Or starting on the back roads. Well, you know, the reason for me starting this podcast was to get some of the interesting stories that happened around here. Nothing interesting happens around here. I beg to differ, Hank. I mean, just last Saturday, Gary's cow broke out and started picking fights with the goats. I lost 15 bucks that day. Gary's goats are dumber than I thought. Hank. 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 Yeah? What are you looking at? Carney hit Gary's mailbox. Oh. Well, should we go help him put it back up? No. Most of the time he just leaves it there. He doesn't get mail except on Saturdays anyway. Why? Why why is that? Well, you see, the postman is his ex-wife, Cheryl. And she only brings his mail on Saturdays to spite him. That seems oddly specific, Hank. Well, so is she. But you didn't hear that from me. And he gets his mail every Saturday? That he does, that he does. But but from whom exactly? Oh, well, usually from a couple of his pen pals. It takes some a little longer to write back than others, though, so it's kind of staggered. Pen pals? Like, yeah. Oh. I guess you're too young to know what those are. No, 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 I know what a pen pal is. I had one in grade school, although... You know, we emailed instead of wrote each other, but but how many pen pals does he have? Oh, yeah. You told me close to 25 or so. He's got 25. All from different places around the world, too. Really? That's, that's amazing. Do you know how long he's maintained some of those relationships? Oh, uh... 
maybe a decade or so. Probably too, now that I think about it. You know, he would probably be a better guy to have on here than me. Maybe I'll invite him over for another episode. But I want to hear some tried and true Hank stories. And I'm sure people listening to this podcast will too. Well, it won't be that great if I just up and start one. How about I give you some time to think and I'll tell our listeners about what's going on. Alright, I'll just make some coffee and come on back then. Right, so if you're wondering where we are, we're on a little side road just between the small towns of Acton and Rockwood, Ontario. A couple weeks ago, I moved here wanting to get away from the craziness of Toronto. I kept getting asked by my parents, how are things in the country lifestyle? So I decided to do a very millennial thing and started a podcast with the people at Doobie Road. Ironically enough, the quiet place to do one happens to be the middle of the road. Brought you another cup. Oh, thank you. That was really, really fast. <laughs> Did you think of a story? Yeah, but it ain't good. Well, you can you know, still say it anyway. We're here for a while. Right, just let me think about it for a sec. Yep. Um, yep. Anytime, Hank. Anytime. Yep, anytime. The car? Is Carney doing another lap? Alrighty, I guess I should get this started. Alright. Floor's yours. Last winter, before you moved in, Gary and I were going out to chop some wood for Carney. It was cold as iron balls on ice outside, so both of us decided to wear double layers. Gary had a little trouble hooking up his mare, surely, so I met him in the barn. When I came in, he hadn't even gotten her out of the stall yet. Surely as lazy as all heck, you see, and not a morning horse by any means. But Gary had an idea, and he was jumping up and down to show me. Now, what was the idea? Gary had some old pulleys he screwed up into the ceiling beams of the barn. Okay. Now, we put the pulling harness on Shirley, already tied, and good strong rope to it. And then he threaded the rope through the pulleys he had set up. Gary was grinning like a schoolboy while he climbed up and stood on the cross beams about 18 feet in the air, holding the end of the rope. Watch this, he said, and then jumped. The, the rope snapped and he fell, right? Like, come on, it's pretty high up. I said the rope was strong, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Anyhow, the rope went taut, and Gary let go, but what he forgot was that to get the rope up there while climbing, he had tied one end to his belt. Oh, jeez. And Gary was about 160 pounds, and surely weighs more than that, so he swung there like a trapeze artiste. <laughs> so, uh... What did you do, Hank? I didn't do nothing. Surely, on the other hand, casually walked backwards until Gary could climb back up. Then I swore that horse snickered. Gary wanted to jump again, but I was able to talk him out of it. We decided that surely it wasn't worth the trouble and it was better to just bring our pulling sled. So then what happens next? Well, he hiked about a half hour into the bush with our axes and sled then started chopping away at some trees Gary and I had cut in the summer. Have you ever split wood, Jeff? Well, can't say I have. I'll have to teach you sometime. Chopping wood in the winter is like trying to sleep on wool blankets by a bonfire. You get hot quick. After the first half hour, Gary and I took off our jackets. After an hour, 
we had to take off our sweaters. And after two, we were down to our long underwear and boots, with all our layers of clothing hung up on the streets around us. By the third or fourth hour, maybe, maybe it was the fifth. Oh, I can't remember. One sec. It's all right, Hank. Take your time. Take your yep. time. Right, by the third hour, Gary and I were getting cold again, so Gary got a fire going behind us, and that balanced things out. When I start working, you should know there could be a firework display behind me, and I would miss it. So I took another hour until I started to notice, no matter how much wood we split, the sled wasn't getting any more full. Hey, Gary, I said. He said, yep. And I said, what are you using to keep that fire going? Sort of froze for a second. Gary's a little slow, if you hadn't already guessed. He looked at the fire, then at the sled, then at me. He said, I was using the split wood lying around. <laughs> Figured that was enough said. Gary's an idiot. We both knew what needed to be done, and there was no point at yelling at him. So he and I just picked up our axes and kept splitting. We let that fire die and put our sweaters back on instead of the jackets. And by dark, the sled was full. As I was tying it down, Gary went to look for his light. This is a great story so far, Hank. I sat... Don't interrupt me. Oh, I'm sorry. I sat at the front of the sled, watching him check his pockets between the logs on the sled. You forgot it, didn't you? I said. Yeah. See, that's what he said back. We both let out a long sigh and shambled over to the front of the sled and started pulling. It took us another two hours or so to finally get back to Gary's barn through the dark. And by the end of it, we were met wet, sore, cold, and tired. Both of us went to my place, got a fire going, and fell down on the couch with a mug of hot cider for each of us. That was an amazing story, Hank. See, you've got good stories. Thank you. I appreciate it. But that's what normal life is like here. Gary's got his horse. Carney's got her car. Wish she didn't. And I've got the warm cider for the end of the day. So what would you say your role is on Derby Road? Just a guy who gets stuff done. Things are more simple here than they are out there. You don't have to have all that bureaucracy, legal wish-wash. You can barter instead of buy. You can spend a day looking at the sky because there's nothing better to do. I don't know how anyone can live in the big city. Well, I, I certainly couldn't take it. And thank you so much for spending time with me this morning and with our listeners. My pleasure, Jeff. Now there's jobs to be done. See you around. See you around, Hank. Well, that concludes our podcast, From the Middle Road. I hope you enjoyed it. Jeff Farbrooks was played by the ever-versatile actor Jacob Gill, and Hank was played by the somewhat eccentric Jonathan Odrowski. From the Middle Road, again, is sponsored by Balzac's Coffee Shop. If you like coffee, pastries, and people watching, Balzac's is where you want to be. From the Middle Road is also sponsored by Literary Works Canada. They asked us not to read an ad. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.